Hello, I'm Georgina Hudson from GeorginaHudson.net. This podcast has been created to support you in your path of self-awareness and well-being and to draw a roadmap together to help you align mind and heart. Today's topic is how to raise and support our teenage children without losing our minds. This is part one of a two-part series. For more information about what I do and about me, you can visit my website on GeorginaHudson.net or my Instagram account, GeorginaHudson.coach. Hello, hello, hello. What's up, people? How are you today? This week's topic has been suggested by a podcast and Instagram follower, follower who says, could you talk about children and adolescents? And in between uh, brackets, she says, such a complex topic. It's a very broad topic, but I would like to focus on communication and how to support my children, how to support and guide my children without being intrusive. Thank you, thank you, thank you, truly, truly. This mother has great emotional intelligence because she has already hinted that it is a very complex and broad topic and that she wants to be able to communicate and be there for her teenagers without crossing the line. I have two at home. I have my daughter who is 12 and my son who is 15 and I can fully empathize with this message, really. Adolescents can be both exciting and challenging at the same time. And as our children transform into teenagers with their own minds, changing interests and a bigger need for independence, we might feel, to say the least, bewildered, bewildered. In this first part, we are delving into what happens and why during our kids' transition to adolescence. And in the second part, we're going to look at practical ways to bridge our differences with them. Uh, Besides being a very long topic that... I wouldn't like to cover in one go because it would be a never-ending podcast. I think it's very important to have this background knowledge about what they go through and why we feel the way we do because they act in certain ways or behave in ways that are completely um, strange to us, uh, foreign, because we don't know our children anymore. So we're going to do this this week. And in the next podcast, I'm going to offer you a guide of what to do with all this background information. So now what what can we do? But we need this first. So let's focus on the transition from children to teenagers. And it's a journey of constant changes. It's not easy. The transition from childhood to adolescence is a journey. It's a journey which is characterized by a myriad changes not only for the teenagers for but for for our for us the parents um, by the way when i say parents i'm referring to caregivers i'm referring to um grandparents i'm referring to educators or anyone who has to deal with teenagers or who's uh, who's got teenagers nearby when our children are young They expect us to guide them. They expect us to lead them, to suggest things, to hold their hands as we go from here to there in life. But suddenly, our children become teenagers and begin to question. 
the rules we had established. They start exploring their new identities and they start seeking their place in the world. And this process can be confusing and stressful for both them and us. For them, it can be very scary. And for us, it can be so disconcerting. Hmm? So for them, it means letting go of our hands. And for us, it means trusting that they will gradually become independent in a wise way. But at the same time, we cannot walk away from them. We need to stay close in case they need us. So we don't know how to manage that distance. And so please bear with me because we're going to be talking about all this. All the changes our children experience can manifest in rebellious attitudes, which are hard to put up with, a search for independence, as I mentioned, and also with the experimentation with different lifestyles. So maybe today they want to be punk, uh, punk rockers, and well, I am a little old-fashioned, I know. Also, they are going to prefer spending time with their friends, uh, to spend time with their screens, and, and to search for adrenaline. They love things that are a little bit scary and dangerous because they are playing. They are playing with boundaries. And that's why we often find ourselves feeling confused and worried and not knowing if we are doing the right thing. Sometimes we ask ourselves, are we, am I allowing too much freedom? Should I, strict, uh, should I establish stricter boundaries? And then sometimes... When we establish those boundaries, we end up losing our minds in the process. It's not simple, but it's important to start understanding. The key to this stage is our teenagers' exploration of their new identities. These old ducklings are now becoming swans. And that transformation is a key characteristic of adolescence. Teenagers are trying to discover who they really are before they never asked themselves who they were when they were children. But they start gradually separating themselves from the image that us, the parents or the caregivers or society, had for them. So maybe we projected things on them like, oh, yes, my daughter is so sweet and she's so engaged in everything and so applied. But maybe she doesn't want to be treated like that. My son, for example. My son is very friendly and very talkative and extroverted. And and also he's very sensitive in a very beautiful way because he's aware of other people's feelings. But he doesn't want to be treated as a sensitive child, as a sensitive teenager. He doesn't like that. He feels... It doesn't reconcile with who he is. I don't know. I think he doesn't like the word, but you know, this can lead to countless, countless internal and external conflicts because they don't always manage, as I said before, to reconcile their own beliefs and values with those of their families and of their communities. So imagine, you know, you have you know, a son like me who wants to be strong and tough 
and he wants to be a warrior, you know. And he also enjoys being goofy, but you know, he, he likes that that image to have that image uh, of himself. And I come and I tell him, you know, you are so sweet and you are so sensitive. He looks at me like, what are you talking about? I'm not like that. Please, shush. And for them it is difficult because maybe inside they know they are this sweet, sensitive person, but they don't want to be that because they're pursuing their new personality. I mean, even their values might change, you know? So... I remember my own pain as a teenager. I remember having certain needs. and Like, for example, I know I'm very old now. <laughs> I'm 47 and a half years old. And when I was 12, like my daughter, I'm talking about the 80s, uh, I used to play with, do- with dolls. And my friends didn't know that I continued playing with dolls. But I loved my dolls. And I would talk on my own and played... Uh, mommy and all those things but I didn't want my parents to ask me what are you doing are you playing houses or things like that no I didn't want them to talk or mention anything about what I was doing I wanted them to mind their own business and I had my need for you know a long time I didn't want to be with other girls sometimes and I didn't want to be with my parents, that for certain. So I started distancing from them, but at the same time, I don't know what message I gave them. I remember one very small but yet significant example. Uh, my mother used to kiss me goodnight every, every night. And I must have been very tough or something because she stopped doing that when I was an adolescent. And I wanted them to leave me alone. But at the same time, I secretly, you know, longed for that little uh, kiss, you know, on my cheek saying, good night, honey, rest well. You know, difficult for a child, difficult for the parents, you know, we parents feel lost at times. And it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking for the child, for the teenager. It's heartbreaking for the for the parents. Let's also consider that our teenagers are searching for their place in the world. This is huge. I remember my own search. They are exploring different social groups. They're exploring different interests. And they're exploring different activities to find where they feel best. But most of the time... They are trying to see where they fit best. And this is the problem because it is confusing and, painf- and painful to try to fit. Yeah? If you want to fit in a group, then you are going to feel under pressure and you're going to contort and twist to fit in somebody's tribe. Also, when children don't want to be pigeonholed in one box, they might feel brave but also distressed by social exclusion in certain groups. You need to be really brave to say, you know, I don't care if I don't fit in your group. And so, not easy, not easy. So, they suffer a lot because of all this that we sometimes don't even know about. What about 
individuation. Swiss psychiatrist and psychologist Carl Jung, a reference in transpersonal psychology, the type of psychology I have specialized in, spoke about the concept of individuation. This is a psychological process in which teenagers seek to separate themselves from their parents' identity and beliefs. They want to develop their own unique identity, completely separated from their parents. That's why, during this process, teenagers may challenge family norms and question their parents' expectations because they need to be themselves without us telling them what we feel is best for them. This can create a lot of conflict in any family and it can create a lot of tension in the parent-child relationship. When they are children, our children are almost an extension of ourselves. And during their individuation, they start to have different opinions and values. And this is extremely healthy, but also extremely challenging, you know. But we need to allow it. We need to allow it. We need to listen. We need to hold space before reacting. So being parents of teenagers is a challenge, a constant challenge. Becoming parents to teenagers involves adapting to a new family dynamic. It involves being flexible. We are no longer the only people making decisions for our children. Now, They must learn to take responsibility for their own decisions and actions. This can be overwhelming, especially when we don't understand why our children make certain decisions or adopt certain behaviors that we perceive as not beneficial for them. I remember my son, for example, loves uh, water sports and he does sailing um, and also he did rowing and also he goes to the gym. He loves, you know, lifting weights and all that. But um, we loved the fact that he went to rowing because rowers um, have a clear sense of cooperation and they need to be uh, very um, organized to row together. And so it's not only good for their physical health, but it's also good for their mental and spiritual health. But one day, after many, many beautiful days at at sea, my son came back and he said, I'm not going to rowing anymore. What's going on? It's beautiful. You should go. Why are you saying this? Why now? And then he told us something like, you know, he didn't like um, his teacher's style. And we were like, what should we do? Should we push him? to go and continue or um, stop going. So we talked, but we didn't talk so much. We asked, and he explained to us some things that made sense, to be honest. And so we said, okay, you don't want to go to rowing anymore, but you will have to make up for those hours doing something else. And he increased uh, the number of hours he does at the gym. But uh, it was tough because we loved his going to the sea, especially when he's a very, he's a, he's a child who enjoys his screens, you know. It was an opportunity to get away from the screens. So one of the greatest challenges of being parents of teenagers is also the lack of mutual understanding. Parents 
You know, we base our decisions and opinions on past experiences and an understanding of the world based on that. And that may not resonate with our children's, uh, teenage children's reality. There is a clear example. For example, my husband and I, we used to motivate our children to go to the library, uh, to find out information in books and not so much online. We also uh, encouraged them to go to bookshops, to buy whatever they wanted to buy within their mind, um, spending money on books on the country. But they couldn't understand that. They looked at us as if we were aliens. If they had all the information on the internet, why should they go to the library? Why should they buy a book? It's, it's like so, so different. On the other hand, we need to understand teenagers are immersed in a changing, very technological environment, which is difficult for us to understand because we didn't grow up with technology, at least not me. You know, if you are the mother of a teenager, you must be somewhere between uh, 40 and 50 something. So, my son, for example, is very creative with his computer and has many online friends with whom he creates wonderful games and videos. He's not playing video games. He's creating the games. He's creating the videos. He's very, very intelligent with that. He was born with that knack. And even though I know he's not playing online, but he's using his mind to create something from scratch with his friends, I frequently open the door like what are you doing you have been uh, on the computer for a very long time and so i urge him to take a break from all that and to go out and have some fresh air and you know you cannot be indoors every day you need to take uh, more breaks from what you do and he stares at me in such a way because when i open the door like that I'm interrupting his flow. He's in the sweet spot. And he's enjoying that. And suddenly his crazy mother appears. <laughs> I, on the other side, I'm suffering because I would like his friends and him to be at my home, creating, seeing each other, having a good laugh, but together in the same place. And so this is something that I always tell my son. Oh, why don't you invite your friends? Why don't they come over? So one day, my son challenged me and he said, he's quite like clear when he has something to say, Mom, this is how we relate now. It's not like in the 80s when you went to the club to meet with your friends. And I was like, boom, when he said that. It hurt, but I understood. Because, I don't know, I, I, I am a girl from the 80s. I used to live in a small city or in a big town, whatever you want to call it. I used to live in the suburbs and the only place where we could do something more fun was the club. And so we went to the club and we, we used to talk and we used to have fun and we would spend hours there. And so I used to tell all that to my children. I didn't know that he remembered that so well. Maybe you grew up in a, in a city and instead of going to the club, you used to go to the park. But whatever the case, you went outside your home. So it was so like revelatory and at the same time funny, but 
difficult, you know. In general, my son's, inter- my son's interventions leave me recalculating like the GPS when the GPS doesn't understand something um, and it drives, it, it makes you drive like crazy. And I didn't know when he said that, I didn't know whether to let him continue creating with his community, to force him to go out anyways. I usually leave him to his business, but negotiating the time he's going to be doing that. But it's hard to be always negotiating, you know, it's, I have to be honest with you. Uh, let's also bear in mind that our teenage children are experiencing physical, emotional, and cognitive changes. This is something that sometimes is overlooked. We only pay attention to the physical changes they are going through, but they are going through a lot of emotional turmoil and cognitive changes. They are not completely mature and we expect them to, ah, okay, you are no longer a child and you are so defiant, okay, you know, be up to the task. But they are not there yet. So this can affect their way of thinking and behaving. They may be dealing with peer pressure to behave in certain ways. There may, they may be dealing with a search for an identity they might not have very clear yet. And also the need for us, the parents or the caregivers or whoever, to give them more freedom, which we might perceive as challenging or difficult or defiant. So as our follower, I'm going to call her M, not to reveal her name, has suggested and mentioned uh, this is a very broad topic. I've tried to address as much as I could regarding what happens and why in our relationships with teenagers we have so many difficulties in this first uh, part. So I'd like to offer you a challenge. Take everything I said and think about new ways of reacting now that you have all this background info. Please do it. Rewind, go back in the podcast, listen to the parts that resonated with you the most and say, oh, that is the thing. Okay, next time I'm going to stand up in a different angle. Hmm? From a different, I'm going to talk from a different perspective. Perspective. We're going to delve into practical ways to guide our teenagers in part two. It's going to be a guide. So now that we have all this background information, what are we going to do? That is going to be part two. But start thinking out of the box now. If there is anything you'd like me to address that I haven't mentioned in this first part, please write a message to us. We always read them and that will enrich part two for sure. And also write for us for any suggestions you have because we read them all and we answer to most suggestions. I think we are doing very well on this. We hope this first part has helped you and has helped our dear follower and all parents, relatives or caregivers to a teenager who feel overwhelmed by how to navigate this stage in a healthy way and not fighting like crazy. In the second part, as I mentioned, we are offering you a practical guide to help them without being intrusive as our subscriber said, or losing your temper, as we sometimes do. If you know someone who needs to hear this podcast, please forward it to them. It's the best way to help each other. It's easy. And this is something that happens to a 
huge percentage of the population. So I'm sure you have one or two parents you can forward this. We appreciate your recommendation, evaluation and feedback on any of the platforms you are listening to us. If you like this content, subscribe to the website and or follow us on your favorite platform, be it Apple Podcasts or Spotify. This way we can see you are there and you encourage us to continue offering this completely free material, ad free, everything. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And sending you a big hug until the next podcast.